Hello and welcome to episode 162 of the ANF podcast with me, Scott Casson Rennie, himself, Al Coates. And our special guest tonight is. I am Paul White and I am the CEO of the Hidden Disability Sunflower Program. Yay! At last, we've got you on. Yes. You've yes. taken us in September last year. <laughs> Pretty yeah. much, actually. Yeah. I'm quite excited because yeah. I'll tell you where I was. I was um, at the university today and I do a bit of lecturing, which is, it sounds like I'm bigging myself up, but I said, oh, I've got a dash now because I, I finished my lecture a bit early and I dashed out. And I said, oh, I'm going to meet the, I've, I said, just out of curiosity, has anyone heard of um, the Sunflower Hidden Disability Lanyards? And, and there was kind of a look around the room and people went, well, yeah, as though I was an idiot. And I went, all right, champion, see ya, and left. So... <laughs> Not coming from a world of hidden disabilities, I'm quite intrigued to kind of sort of delve into this subject matter. So, Scott, I I know Scott's got lots of questions. So, Scott, are you just going to kind of ram into this and just and have a go at some questions? Or well, what I was going to, I, I do have some questions. Some of I've I've scrubbed out now that Paul said he might not answer about his bank balance and stuff. But um, I'm joking. Um, Offshore funds, <laughs> no, too soon. His holidays. <laughs> says me um, anyway um, <laughs> um so no well first of all paul um i know you not very well but i know you um and um as you know i we have a nickname for you in our house your eyeball paul eyeball paul I, I don't know how it came about but you know every time we talk about paul we talk about eyeball paul but i guess for people who don't know you just give us a, a an introduction to you know we know your name but you know yourself where you know where you come from what you do etc well until before you called me eyeball paul i've never actually seen kevin and perry the movie <laughs> i knew who kevin and perry obviously were but i've never seen the movie so i watched a bit of like eyeball paul and he's he's, he's from manchester he doesn't even sound I like me i don't, I don't, know, where it came so I don't from. even know where they came from i i'm, I'm not or i've never have been a dj <laughs> And my accent has got to be so far removed from anywhere in Manchester. I know. That, um, so I'm not quite sure how that you came to Eyeball Paul, apart from the name of Paul. Yeah, I think it probably was. And I just, you know, went with it. But there you go. What can you do? So a bit about me. Who, who am I? So I am um, 53 years old. Um, I have got uh, two. I'm married with two, two girls. Um, Maddie, who is 20. Um, and Izzy, who is um, is seventeen, I my previous business life, which I'm sure we're going to get into, was um, I was in the print industry, which was something that um, I got into through my dad. My dad was a printer, um, so um, natural progression in the White family was it meant I was going to be a printer, um, mm-hmm. and I then morphed into this role in regards to the sunflower um, at some stage towards the back end of twenty. 17, 18, 19 is where I kind of got involved in the in in in, in the sunflower. I live in Essex with a dog, and that's about as interesting as my life gets, really. Um, can I ask you? Can I ask, maybe some people may not know what the sunflower lanyard scheme is. So, uh, could you give us a, a an overview of what the what actually is the sunflower lanyard? Because people might be listening, going, "Well, what on earth are they talking about?" What is the sunflower land? That's a mouthful, isn't it? What is the sunflower land scheme? So the hidden disability sunflower is a discreet way to demonstrate 
that you have a non-visible disability. So if you have a non-visible disability, you are naturally not going to have any physical signs. And we created the Sunflower to enable businesses and organisations to be able to recognise their customers, colleagues, passengers, whoever, who had a non-visible disability, and to then be able to give that person the additional time, care, patience, understanding, or just simple kindness that that person person needs. So the Sunflower is a very, very simple message. It has one simple goal, which is to highlight that person as a hidden disability, and then for others to be able to offer that that person just a little bit of a helping hand. And I know I get asked this all the time, but it's really hard for me because I know <laughs> the majority of stuff about the hidden disabilities of sunflower scheme. But why the sunflower? We chose the sunflower because the reason we initially chose the sunflower was because we had to come up, we, we was asked to come up with a symbol to or that people of non-visible disabilities could could wear. And naturally the wheelchair sign, which is the which was the current um sign for somebody with disabilities, is just doesn't relate to many people with non-visible disabilities. Um, there's only, I think this day is right, I think it's only 17% of people of disabled people use a wheelchair, um, which leaves 83% of people that don't use um use use a wheelchair wheelchair. So 83% of people don't have a symbol that they can relate to. So we chose the sunflower because it was a symbol that was gender neutral, that was obviously it was an internationally recognised symbol. And the point of the sunflower is it, it, it suggests happiness, positivity and strength. That's the, that, that's, that, that's, the, that's the reasoning behind. But the main reason behind we, why we chose a sunflower as a symbol was we, we, had, we wanted to choose something that was bright and fresh and joyful and wasn't a symbol that people could re, was, would initially look at as a symbol of disability, which is where the, the current wheelchair symbol is really positioned. Interesting. Um, can I just ask you, Al? Do, do you recognise yeah. the colours on it? Because you're colourblind, aren't you? So, do, do you? How does that work for you? Just out uh, of interest. Or um, we're not claiming. Uh, uh, no, no, I'm just asking. Colourblindness is a hidden disability. Oh, it is. It hidden. is actually. Um, it is. Well, it is a hidden disability. Is it? Yes, it is. Yeah, but, I reckon it is. Well, I, I, I've told you the story that I went recently. To, there was a study, an academic study about colour blindness, and I went to reception of the big academic university. And I said, "Which, where do I get to this specific room?" And the woman said, "I'll oh, just follow the pink wall till it stops." And I, so it was just like, you know, honestly, these situations. I just, I couldn't. I, I had to laugh, and she, we all laughed, and then I wept yeah. slightly. And um, yeah, it works fine for me. I can see the sunflowers, the green on the, is it green and yellow? Yeah, that works yeah. fine for me because the contrast is really good, so it's not a problem. And yeah. um, can I ask the question, right? Because, right, so you're a printer doing your print, doing the print thing, like, you know, whatever printing you do. Um, yeah. And then it feels as much as, yeah, there's a natural progression because you actually you have to print the lanyards. But what what was the kind of the spark that, that created this thing? What was the thing that made you go, actually, 
I'm going to retool because this is not a small endeavor, is it? It's not like a little sideline. It's kind of as is it fair to say it's consumed your life. Yeah, it's, it's kind of taken over my life completely. Everywhere I look, everywhere I move, there's a sunflower. So I, I can't actually move without seeing a, seeing a sunflower out. The, so I owned a printing company, and we had the merchandise and print contract for Gap Weekend. And one of our, my team came back to the office with this idea that Gatwick Airport had around the sunflower, um, around the um, the symbol of creating a symbol for people of non-visible disabilities. And whilst I knew what a hidden disability obviously was, disability hadn't really touched my life in in general. Um, my father was disabled. He was um, he had Parkinson's, and we've. Um, since discovered only at the beginning of this year that Maddie is autistic, which is my eldest eldest daughter. So before then, Maddie obviously was always autistic. It's just that she didn't have a have a diagnosis, and but she obviously had all the traits of somebody with with autism. She suffered with um, a lot of anxiety. She suffered in noise. She suffered in cues, etc. So obviously, I was aware of disability, but I wouldn't have considered ourselves as a family who had to deal with disability. In, Everyday, everyday life um, and one of the guys brought this back and we discussed the symbol and what we could do about it and what we could provide in regards to the wearable and I was part of the conversation and they went back and they discussed, discussed the idea with, with Gatwick and the idea just kind of moved on moved on from then and it kind of then began began to grow of which we and we as an organisation Tabers Limited was was selling, selling the product and I thought, well, this is a good idea, isn't it? I'm like, what a great idea. And I couldn't believe that no one had ever done it before. I could think we're not that we're not that clever. And I Googled it, and there was symbols for people who are autistic. You could get these terrible signs that said, I am autistic, with great big banners across them that were pretty, pretty horrific in, in my in my view. Um yeah. there was no one symbol that captured captured all. And the truth of the matter is it was purely just a commercial decision. It was just a commercial decision. There was clearly a gap in the market for this. And I began, we began to sell the product. We opened up the site, we began to sell the product to other airports, and we began to sell it to other, other organizations. And then I started to get messages from people who wore the sunflower, telling me how the sunflower had changed their lives. Mm-hmm. And by wearing a simple symbol that I had helped to create, had enabled that person to go out and be more independent, to be go out and be um, be more confident in in day in in, in day, daily life, purely by using a symbol. And the 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 straw that kind of broke the cameras back to me was I had a message from from someone from a guy who um, who used to play or was playing walking football, so he had dementia. And he was playing walking football with his mates. And his wife used to take him every week. His wife used to take him to walking football. And because the bus company recognised the sunflower, he was was able to get the bus on his home, there and back, safe in the knowledge and confident that he would be supported by the bus driver. And because of that, in his view, I'd given him his life. We'd given him his life back because he was able to go out and do something independent from his, his, his carer. And that really had an effect on me as a person. And it had a real profound effect on me. And I thought to myself, this is more than just flogging a load of merchandise. This has got something that could really do a lot of good for society. And for somebody in my position working in the environment I was in, 
I never had had that ability to do that before. It just wasn't. It just wasn't part of what what I did. We we used to sell bits of paper, and the minute it left the left the factory, that was it. It was, it was gone. Yeah. We never. You, you, you've never had the had the ability to put a stamp on society. And that really had an effect on me, as I say, as a, as a person. And from that moment, I kind of did a complete 180. I said, look, this is completely different. We, we need to focus really on people with disabilities, focus on how it would, would help people, focus on the effect this could have on society. And at that stage, I decided to move away from the business that I, I owned. I, I put somebody else in charge of that organisation. I formed the Hidden Disability Sunflower Scheme Limited, um, and I went full on, full guns are blazing, one hundred percent in um, in creating the Sunflower as a as a program. And that's kind of my story is how I went from there to there. And I and the truth is, I haven't looked back in regards to. Um, I'm say I haven't looked back. I was back at the fruit company today, but I don't miss it in any shape or form. That that environment. And to be in the environment I'm at, I'm now in, in which is something I've, I've had to I've had to really work at in regards to because it wasn't the environment I was initially comfortable in. It was a completely something new for me, so I was learning all the time, and I'm still learning, of course. But we do um, at the Sunflower, we do a series of podcasts, which Scott will know very well because he did one himself, and that's been such a huge help to me in regards to understanding people's conditions. And understanding how people deal with their own disabilities, and that's really helped me on my on my journey. Um, and really, the kind of the journey is really only just still only just starting for me as um, in regards to the sunflower. I was thinking about your story in comparison to um, uh, Madlug Dave. I can't remember his surname. What's his surname, Scott? Uh, Dave. Dave Linton. Linton. Yeah. Um, Linton. Have, you got, and, um, have you got a nickname for him, for him Scott? Some like um, Wide Eye Dave or? No, no, I don't actually. I must think of one. <laughs> no, it's something else. Um, but we sort of used to call him Mad Luck Dave when we were trying to arrange the podcast. Wait, wait. Um, but what I thought was really interesting because he start he well, there's a comparison there, but it's kind of totally reversed in that he was try he started from a point of having no business knowledge or no sort of or not have having any sort of experience in that world, that commercial world, if you know of contracts and making stuff. But because he saw the need, he he sort of had to apply himself, and he sort of built up this brand, and which is a phenomenal, you know, the Mad Look Bag gives um, um, haversacks to children who are in foster care, just to, you know, so if you buy one, a child gets one, sort of thing, a foster child gets one. So, it, but yours is totally flipped in that you sure. are, um, I mean, Frank, you, I've met you before, and we, we, I met you in over in, uh, last year, last the end of last summer, um, and I remember being quite kind of thoughtful about. You've been you being totally upfront about, or oh, I'm a businessman, and my my inspiration is kind of uh, to earn money because that's what businessmen do, which is totally legitimate. And um, but you've sort of found yourself in sort of in reverse. You've t- had to take all of this business acumen, and then develop all of these other skills in terms of you know like the impact of of all of these hidden disabilities on people and how then to communicate that. So, do you, what do your what do the people in business around you think you're doing? Because is it, is it? Do they see it in just purely commercial terms, or do they see you as kind of some sort of you've had a, a Damascus Road moment? Well, a lot of people that knew me in my previous life couldn't believe I was I was I was in this this environment. And the mm. answer was, "You're doing what?" was kind of been the was was kind of the common the common the the, the common phrase. 
Um, but but we, we we obviously adapt our in regards to and you're absolutely right. I mean, I've, I came in this from a business perspective, and the reason one of the reasons that the organisation has been so successful is because obviously I brought that business acumen to. Um, yeah. to this project yeah. I bought the ability to I already had experience in how to market um, products how to bring products to market as well and how to ensure how to how to create a profitable company um, so all of that was my experience that I that I brought to the organization and and as you rightly say the areas I've had to learn is the um, is the elements in regards to how how I promotes and how I front, if you like, an organisation that supports people with, with non-visible disabilities. And that's been where that that, that real learning curve learning mm. curve, curve, has, curve has been. But I, I've never hidden behind the fact that this organisation is a commercial commercial business. Um, I've never had to, um, obviously we've had to justify ourselves um, as, as an organisation because a huge number of businesses in this space are not-for-profits or their charities, charities, for instance. But I really feel one of the reasons we've been successful is because we're not part of that um, sector. We've had that ability to, when you, when, when I when I look at charities or when I discuss with charities, I find these quite large and cumbersome organisations with so many middlemen stuck in the middle that it, nothing really goes anywhere. And we, are, we as an organisation are agile. We're very, very. We, we can make decisions very, very quickly. We make decisions that we think are going to make a difference to us as an organisation, as well as the community that we that we serve, and that gives us the ability to move move at move at pace. And there's yeah. so many organisations that I see in the sector that we work in that just don't have that ability to do. Yeah, and and I was thinking as well. We've in the UK, we've had a, we've got a long history of business people doing good you know we've got the Bourneville you know we've got the Cadbury's we've got the Terry's chocolate oranges we've got Quaker Oats we've got all of those so it's it's not as though this is like oh my goodness a man makes money and but he does kind of things as well you know it's like it's like there's a really long sort of tradition of that model of actually people doing good business and but using it for good um which is totally legitimate um, Scott, I'm conscious that I could just ask yeah, loads you're, of questions. You're, well, so, I, I mean, I was I was just going to cover that off as well by saying, I, and hopefully you'll give me the answer that that I'm hoping you'll give me, Paul. But it's not just like you're there to kind of run a business. You do give back, and you know, can you like please tell, please say the thing that I hope you're going to say? How do you give back to that community? Because obviously, you know, you're running the business. That's fine. But, but what what is it that you do to give back to that community? Well, we do. I'm not quite sure what the bit you're getting at, so you can maybe tell me off screen that one, Scott. So, so, so maybe whisper it. But um, I mean, as an organisation, we every penny in regards to the sunflower is channeled back into the organisation. It's not that. So, so we we do whatever we can. The the the, the goal of us as an organisation is to raise the profile of non-visible disabilities. To increasingly to raise, and I, and I and I genuinely feel that the that through the sunflower we really have. Not non-visible disabilities on the map, but we, we have certainly raised the awareness of, of hidden disabilities in, in general. The, the sunflower now globally is the go-to symbol for people with, with non-visible disabilities. And there's so many um, countries and organisations on a global perspective that are recognising the sunflower. 
Now that has had to come from somewhere. That's come from us being advocates, and that's for us. We're continuing to to promote the sunflower in every single form that we um, that, that, that we can. So we, I have got examples of where we've given back to the community. For instance, we gave back in regards to during during COVID, we we gave the NHS um, free sunflower training and free sunflower products for all of the um, vaccination hubs. So everybody that went to receive a vaccination could wear their sunflower lanyard and could be sure they were received. So that's an example of where we have used our used any profit that we have made yeah. for the good of the of, of the sunflower community but in general we we, we just use our um, revenue to continue to raise the profile of hidden disabilities support people with hidden disabilities and ensure that when people wear the sunflower lanyard as many people and as organizations as possible recognize the meaning yeah <laughs> And no, you didn't give me the answer I wanted, but I can tell. I, I'm going to tell you what it was because you actually you have staff and contractors who have invisible disabilities. So I mean, you know, giving those people opportunities, you know, whether it's five hours a week or twenty hours a week, you're giving people who have those um, disabilities the opportunity to continue working, even though they maybe can't work full time or they can't, you know, go out to work. They can work from home. They can, you know, they can pick and choose their hours. I mean, that's. To me, that's a, a, one of the massive things that you know I respect about the organisation is is that people can do that, and you're open to that, and you know not just in not just in Ireland, not just in the UK, but you know every kind of office that you've got around the globe, there there is somebody with a non visible disability. I think I think the interesting point on on that, Scott, really is the um, is what we do within Sunflower. We we've created a culture where people feel comfortable to disclose they have a condition. How could we not when we're the hidden disability Sunflower scheme? How could we not yeah. create that create that <laughs> culture? And because we have that culture, naturally people feel very comfortable to be able to um, um, disclose they have a condition of whatever that would be. And we as an organisation then are due, obviously duty bound to ensure that we then support that person in any sh any shape or form. So I don't see that as being unique to a certain, to a certain extent within this organisation. I see that as just our, um, it's not our obligation, of course the wrong word, but that's that's just what we do. Why would you not want to support your colleagues with, with, with a condition? And hmm. regardless of their condition, um, we obviously see we we we're obviously a very diverse um, community within within the sunflower, and we live and thrive from from di from diversity. So if we can't we can't promote inclusion and we can't promote diversity within our work workforce, how can we even begin to try and promote that externally with the sunflower community? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Could I have more questions? Um, uh... I was a terrible child. Um, one of the things you mentioned when you were talking uh, a little bit earlier, you said something and it sort of piqued my interest because in the the model that you have, and my understanding is that some like a, a major organization or a even a minor organization or a whatever they will they will buy into the scheme and they will then get trained by you. So is that is that right that you're actually now sort of you've moved from just pro just providing you know, lanyards to actually developing training, supporting staff in terms of how, the, how they operate with the lanyard scheme. Yeah, so any organisation that joins, wants to join the Sunflower, they have to take the Sunflower training 
they'll be able to understand the meaning of the sunflower, sunflower to the whale. Yeah. So we the, the key elements of um, of joining the sunflower is that you take the sunflower training, as I've said, with as many staff as 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 possible. You provide the sunflower products for free to your customers and colleagues. So so as such. Um, People, if they want a sunflower lanyard, they don't have to buy it. They can get it, obviously, for free. And that ensures that nobody is penalised financially for wanting to demonstrate they, they have, have a condition. So we provide the sunflower training. The sunflower training is very, very straightforward in regards to see a sunflower lanyard, recognise that person has an invisible disability, and offer that person time, care, patience, understanding and kindness. But that's just the prerequisite of, and we do that in various various different ways. Ways out. I mean, we can be quite creative on that. With the larger organisations, we will obviously do um, webinars and we will do sort of quite additional sort of training methods. But at the so next month, um, we're in March. So in, in May, we are so the Isle of Wight is we are creating a sunflower friendly island, which is the Isle of Wight. So wow. every so every business in the Isle of Wight can join the Sunflower webinar. So whether it's the, the large organisations such as the ferry company and the hovercraft going over, or it's Mrs. Mrs. Brown's tea room in the um, in the high street, all of these organisations get to join the Sunflower, get to take the Sunflower training for free. They get the ability to put their dot on the map to show that they're a location to recognise the sunflower. And our hope is, is we will create a sunflower-friendly island. So when a sunflower wearer visits the Isle of Wight, as I say, whether they're going to the bank or whether they're going to the pub or whether they're going to Mrs Brown's tea room, they will recognise the meaning of the sunflower and they'll give that person the support. So we're quite creative about how we do it because we want our reach to be as far and wide as possible. Whilst we recognise that the larger blue chip organisations such as the banks or the supermarkets or the Tesco's of this world obviously have the finance available to be able to invest in the Sunflower programme, we also recognise that the Sunflower scheme is just as valuable for where that person is visiting, as I say, the dry cleaners or the cafe. So that's where we have to be a little bit creative. And again, I think that's where we're giving something back to the community because we're able to also onboard all of these organisations and sunflower wearers can be recognised wherever they go, more businesses large and small. So from May day onwards, that's where we create the sunflower friendly island. And the hope is that sunflower wearers will visit the Isle of Wight and they'll experience that well, they'll, they'll have an experience there which will be better than it was if if it wasn't sunflower friendly. I mean, that's potentially life. Altering for some individuals, isn't it? it the, the the ability to kind of just influence their their transition through the world and their engagement in you know inverted commas normal society is remarkable. Can I ask Scott a question then? Because Scott, <laughs> I know you tra- Scott travels. You know, it's a borderline <laughs> problem, um, condition, um, it's an addiction. it is an addiction, um. Because I was thinking, you've travelled with your sunflower lanyard. What's the experience um, with and without? Because um, mm. I know that you've sort of you've you've been open about you know the impact of um, your aneurysms and on how you feel in sort of certain environments. Did 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 you not mention it to anyone? I, I don't think I've ever mentioned that. <laughs> Have you not? Sorry. I, I mean, if I'm outing you, I'm really sorry about that. <laughs> 
Listen, you know me, I like to raise awareness of these things. Um, oh. It's an interesting one because um, initially, and, I, and I'll be honest, and you know, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of people feel the same. So um, Jacob has always worn a lanyard because obviously he has um, non-visible disabilities. Um, and it was always like, put your lanyard on, put your lanyard on. Yeah. When you're going through an airport, yeah. when you're, you know, wherever you are. Um, and um, in the UK, probably when we, when we lived there, it was probably something that was more recognised than it is, um, or that that it was in Ireland, um, and certainly you know progress has been has been made there. Um, but what was interesting to begin with was I was very reluctant to wear it, not because of um, the fact that I'm embarrassed of a non-visible disability, but just because to me. Whilst it is discreet, it wasn't discreet, if that makes sense. Um, I just felt like I was I was standing up by wearing it. But actually, what happened was that we were on a flight and someone nearly dropped a suitcase on my head. And I I literally crapped my pants because I thought, do you know what? I've hmm. got two that are all right, but two that aren't all right. And what if, you know, what if that bag landed in my head? Or what if the cabin crew yeah. for the airline that came up with the wheelie trolley and whacked it against all the chairs and was like, oh, look at me, my bad driving. What if that had whacked up against my head? So for me, um, I became more confident wearing it when I realized the potential risk to myself because my anxiety, not because these things were going to happen, but the anxiety that they might happen and just to be recognized. Um, but in terms of the recognition, I, you know, I, it's not that I'm a mystery shopper for um, uh, hidden disability sunflower. <laughs> However, that would explain working... all the travel. That would yeah. explain all the travel, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's at my own cost. Um, but <laughs> the, um, but traveling with it um, and traveling to places where I know so as an example, last week when I went to Toronto, um, I knew the stopping points of, you know, who recognized the the, the lanyard. Um, last month when we went to Miami, I knew the stopping points. Um, and it's not that I'm out to catch them out, but I'm always looking to see if they are looking. Do you know what I mean? So um, Miami Airport is a prime example of that, you know, um, the, the my anxiety of queuing is quite bad now. I don't know why. Just that's just the way it is. Um, and the security queue at Miami Airport was terrible. We had like four hours, so we weren't going to miss the flight. But just my anxiety was completely heightened. Um, and as soon as we got to the kind of entry point to the security queue, which is you know was about ten people in front of us to begin with, as soon as we got there, she she saw the lanyard on me and Jacob, and she just put us through a different queue. So you do recognise this difference, but the thing is, I it's not. They, did, they didn't have to do that. That's not what, you know, that's not what they've agreed to do, but that's just what she did. And she made it easier mm. for us to be able to kind of traverse the airport because I'm very well aware that she could have just said, is there anything that I can do for you? She didn't have to let us through the queue. You know, it's not a, it's not a queue jumping thing. Um, and I'm kind of thinking back there um, to COVID times where, you know, um, and Paul, I know that, you know, I've, I've watched an interview of you um, talking about this, you know, the amount of people that misused the lanyard and tried to say that they were exempt from face mask and face mask wearing but the, when they weren't really. And that's not what it's about, is it? It's, it's not about cheating the system. It's not about queue jumping. It's not about getting something for free. It's just about, you know, somebody sent you, are you all right there? Do you, can I get a chair if you need to sit down? Or, you know, do you want to go and sit over there and I'll call you when you're placing the queue? You know, that's it's as simple as that, is it not? 
Yeah, uh, thank you for bringing up about the uh, face covered exam. Sorry, I kind, I kind of, I just about extinguished that from my memory. But, uh, but thank you for bringing that right back. So that's, um, so that's helpful. That's very helpful. But that's that's that's, that's back. Bear that's mind, why you never, quite a traumatic you never time for us anymore. Yeah, in the sunflower sunflower scheme. So um, yeah, <laughs> sorry, I'm just going to go and have to sit in a dark room for twenty minutes. But um, but I mean, yeah, I mean the, I mean the. The misuse of the sunflower for us was enormously frustrating, and it's taken us it's taken us a while to get to, for the sunflower to get back to it, its its true meaning. But the reality is, is through the pandemic, there were so many people with non-visible disabilities who couldn't wear a mask yeah. because of their condition, and the way that we was able to measure that was through a lot of polls that we did. We did a lot of surveys about can you wear the mask in regards to the to a sunflower and sorry to regards to your condition. And I'm guessing here, but I'm, I'd have to check our figures, but I'm, I think it was 77, 77% of people could not wear a, a mask because of their non-visible disability. So that was such a huge number that we had to continue to support those people, regardless of the fact that it was hired back by a certain element of society. And again, the reality is, is we... We, we could never measure how it was being used because who is going to make, who's going to fess up to the fact that they're fraud, they're dishonestly using use, using the product. But fortunately, now that's gone. We are now there is no need to wear the sunflower unless you have it. It does nothing, as you've said, Scott. It does nothing for yeah. you apart from bringing awareness that you have a condition and you might need that support. But if a business decides that the best course of action of that is to take you and your family out of the queue and take you through a different lane because that will be the best, because that would offer you the best experience, then for us as an organisation, that's great to hear. But that's that's never the um, communication that we give or the advice yeah. we give businesses. We just hit the core message. It's a visual cue that that person has a condition and for you to give that and it's and it's very very easy for us to continue to give that message because it's just the same one yeah. over and over. That's 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 what it means. And businesses, of course, are going to continue to evolve that in the way that suits them. And for us, that's fantastic because it continues to give sunflower wearers that better experience when they when they when they travel. I mean, using my my own experiences with with, with Maddie, um, we used to have challenges travelling because Maddie would would suffer real anxiety in regards to. To, to travel and, and very similar to what you, what you mentioned Scott. queues security someone patting her down someone going through her bag without telling her was real was she, was she looking why is he looking in my bag dad was tense to me and it was always coming back it will be okay and before the supplier lanyard it was just something we had to cope with cope with as a family and once the sunflower was introduced the first person when i first became aware of the sunflower and introduced the sunflower as a, as a product was Maddie. That was the first, first person I thought, well, Maddie could wear that and she could wear that. And, and at the time, Maddie didn't have a diagnosis of autism. So she was only diagnosed, as I say, literally at the beginning of this year. It doesn't mean she was only obviously, obviously yeah. didn't catch autism in, in January this year. She was yeah. always autistic. It's just that no one, no one officially gave her, gave her that, um, that, that diagnosis. Yeah. So, so we as an organ, so one of the reasons as an organizer, that's one of the reasons that we will not ask for proof <coughs> because the sheer number of people that do not have a diagnosis or a diagnosis isn't available. For instance, if you have anxiety, for instance, you're not going to get a diagnosis or a doctor's note for anxiety. So I've seen firsthand in how the sunflower has helped us as a and helped us by once by Maddie, and it's very similar to you, Scott. 
I'm like a mystery shopper walking behind him when we when we go behind him. I was like, are you seeing this? But it's, it's always that. And whilst obviously I'm not saying it, in my mind, I, it's how many people are seeing us and looking at it. And yeah. I am generally, genuinely um, pleased to say that she does get recognition for the sunflower. Mm. Maddie is, and Maddie's mantra, as she, as she keeps saying to me, is, is phone, keys, sunflower when she goes yeah. out. That's yeah. what she takes out every single time. And while she doesn't always wear the sunflower around her neck, it's always in her bag, just in case she gets there's there's a, a situation or a circumstance where she feels she might need might need that support. And that's the power of what we do, I think. That's the power of what we do. Is by doing that, it's taken away from and I'm using her as an example because it's the one I can relate to. It takes away that level of anxiety for her. It takes away that ability and it gives her the confidence to go out and do everything that she should do. Yeah. So, I mean, you've you've mentioned Maddie, I've met Maddie, um, and I'm just so trying to kind of um, bring this into our community, the adoption and fostering and special guardian kinship care. Are you aware of how intersectional the sunflower is? I, I know that we talk about non-visible disabilities, but it's kind of, to me, I was thinking about it earlier, and, you know, for our community, we have quite a large number of children who um, have, well, who are diagnosed and non-diagnosed with varying kind of conditions, whether it be autism, FASD, um, you know, um, kind of, um, what's it called? Um, oh, God, the word's just gone out of my head now. See, the brain thing, it comes, it comes and it goes. Um, developmental delay, that's the one I was looking at. Are you aware of how kind of, how you've come, I mean, it sounds like you are, but how you've connected all these communities together with one symbol it's not just somebody with a non-visibility you know it's, it could be someone let's say with dementia who's who's mm -hmm. you know part of a, a a senior kind of age group um children who are in foster care who may have you know physical and um non uh, yeah non-invisible uh, non-visible disability are you are you aware of that are you aware that you've done that or is it just something that you kind of you know I mean, it, it, there, there was never, in regards to specifically that, there was no real strategy by us as an organisation about how we would implement this and how it would bond all of these communities together. It was just an idea that came about and there was no other symbol that people could recognise and could demonstrate they had they had a condition. And how the world has clearly evolved so quick, so far from Visible disabilities being hidden away, so it wasn't something. So, so that child was is that naughty child is no is hopefully yeah. is that naughty child. It, it, people, not so many people think that about about that kid. They're, the hope for me is is that go to is maybe, and that's certainly hope that, that where, where I am in my space. And I can quite genuinely say that pre Sunflower Lanyard, I was in that, that that space where if I saw a kid kicking off, he was a naughty kid. And, that parent really should do something to try and control that child. And obviously, through my journey through the sunflower, I've had to take a massive reset, and I am now completely aware of the challenges that many people face and how that stigma really is um, is pushed upon uh, upon upon families. So it was never it was never it was never a strategy by us to bring all of these no, no. together. We created a symbol, and the world. The UK and literally the world have got behind this and have seen the value 
and it's a community. They see it. They see it as a the sunflower is 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 a community. People people I know who have hidden disabilities, and I will include my daughter in this. She's not ashamed of her condition in any shape or shape or form. But what she does want is she wants a little bit of understanding. She wants a little yeah. bit of understanding from that, those those around her. Give a symbol of sunflower and bring all these communities. Bring all of these people together, whatever condition, and give that person a little bit of understanding. Well, yeah, and it's interesting because I was flying from London to back to Shannon last week after I came back from Toronto, and um, the airline doesn't recognize the sunflower. However, um, what happened was quite weird because there was a woman about 20 people in front of me um, who was going through the, the gate. Um, and all of a sudden, I ended up behind her for some reason, and we both had sunflower lanyard on. So we got on the plane, and I joked her because she was sitting right behind me as well. And I joked her, I said, "Oh, they must be trying to sit us all together, kind of thing." And I kind of pulled the lanyard out, and she said, "Oh, yeah, I've got a head in this release. What's yours?" And I was thinking, "Okay, I'm really not. I'm not, not going to get into that with you right now." But I asked her. I said to her, "You know, how do you how do you find flying with this air this particular airline?" And and um, she went, well, I've been moved up the front once because I, uh, she had a, a, a an eye, uh, like eyesight issues. And she said, so I was moved up the front once because, um, you know, just for, for my needs. She said, but I don't depend on, you know, that being done. Um, but it was just really interesting. You know, somebody else had a sunflower on. We recognised each other. It was, yeah, and I think you're right. There is an element of community about it when, mm. you know, you find somebody with one on because, you know, you don't see them, you know, you don't see them in, and like you know every place you go kind of thing so when you do yeah. you're like okay that's fine so um i'm just thinking of something else um that i know um you've got a, a new um frame behind you paul i have got a new frame behind me it's so a guinness to... it's a guinness world record scott we are official guinness world record holders and we hold the record for the world's longest lanyard I didn't have to pull that one out. You did yeah. just like, what's on your wall there, Paul? Oh, yeah. <laughs> there it is. About that. I thought you was meant to talk about the print on the other side. No, but no, no. no. The, uh, the, the Guinness, the Guinness World Record. So we broke the world record for the world's longest lanyard, and I'm going to. I'm actually going to read this because I get all my screen. It's three thousand seven hundred eighty-four point five meters long is the world's longest lanyard, and we beat. The um, um, uh, a load of girl guys from Hong Kong who broke the world record in 2003 that are going to be absolutely devastated. But um, I'm going to guess they're no longer girl guys. So <laughs> I'm not thinking that 2003, that's a long time ago, isn't it? Yeah, they might be part of the Women's Institute now, it's not so much the girl guys. But, uh, but yeah, we are in trouble then. I guess they're no longer girl, girl guys. And we hmm. broke their record by, I think it was about nearly 1700 meters. So we created the world's longest lanyard as a um, as a visual cue or a visual sign of the sheer number of conditions that people mm. people, people have and have lived with. So the the idea behind the world's longest lanyard is the, um, there was no well, there is no single list uh, or database of all of the non visible disabilities there are there are out there. There are individual lists based on individual sort of like type neurological conditions, for instance, but there was no one capture-all list. And we wanted, as an organisation wanted to create a list of all of those conditions, again, to demonstrate to the organisations or the general public, whoever, of the sheer volume of conditions that people are having to live with every moment. So 
the idea behind it was we opened up um, um, a, a page on our site. People could go on there and add their condition. And for every condition that a person added and for every person that added that condition, we extended the, the lanyard by another meter. So at the end of February, we had 867 conditions that were added by 2,917 people, which is a figure of 3,784. We made a bit of a cock up on the 0.5, but I think we can, um, we can be excused for that one. So we created the world's longest lanyard based on that. And um, on the um, 17th of March, we had, we was awarded the, um, on the 17th of March, we was awarded the uh, record by Guinness. And that was at Hanfield, I should say. Yeah. Um, maybe the half metre is for colour blindness. Maybe that's where we get it. Well, someone did say to me, well, the reason, someone did say to me that the reason that is, is because the list is never ending. So, so, uh, so strangely enough, so since the, um, so since we 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 ended the list, or, or we, we 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 drew a line under it, obviously at the end of February, we've had over and we've had another five hundred conditions added to the actual site. So somebody told me that the point five was to represent the all the other conditions that people are added. That's not true at all. We just we just we, we just didn't we just didn't get the numbers right, and we added an extra <laughs> half a metre. <laughs> It does sound quite cool. That that's the reason we left it as as, as point five. That's perfect. Of course, I, I mean, I... Th- this this I mean, this data that you collected, of course, isn't just going to just sit on a, you know, on an Excel spreadsheet somewhere. You you're actually doing something with this, aren't you? Over time, because you've got the um, what is it the um, your index? I can't remember what it's called. Non non visible disabilities index. Is that that's right? That's it. That's it. Yeah, which is available for um, organisations when you know. Correct. You can visit our site. You can see all of the, I mean, and, and the conditions that were on there were just incredible. I mean, as in there were obviously the more recognized conditions, ADHD, for instance. Yeah. Um, but then we had, um, we had, for instance, we had Alice in Wonderland syndrome was an interesting one where people see um, objects closer than what they really are, which is similar to Alice when she went through the looking glass. Really? So that's oh, wow. a syndrome that people... We um, somebody put on there a sunflower condition, so you've got the or sunflower syndrome is um, is is what it is 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 one of them put on there. So there was a huge number of conditions on there, and as I said, that, that it's 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 never going to end. It's going to continue to to grow because new conditions are naturally being um, found in every single or discovered every single day. Um, and yeah, yes, Scott. The hope is is people. Well, it's on our site. People can visit our site. They can see all of those conditions that are on there. Um, and we naturally use that in when we're communicating to businesses as to the sheer volume of conditions that people are having to live with and the barriers that they face. Yeah. So, so I mean, maybe because you, you've been generous with your time, uh, maybe to round up, tell me what does the future look like in terms of what, have, you know, from a business point of view, you, you probably want to take over the world because that's businessman, isn't it? Um, but... <laughs> So, but what are the, your, your realistic aspirations in terms of, you know, the, the scheme itself and what would you like to see in sort of five years time? So when we, when we started the Sunflower program, it was naturally UK business. We didn't have a huge amount of aspirations outside the UK. It was just to create this organisation. Um, but because it was, there was such a huge take up by the, the airlines naturally the sunflower was going to travel and it was going to travel to, to to different locations 
So, so for me, the goal here is to is for the sunflower to, um, to grow the sunflower globally. So, in so the sunflower now has got local offices in Ireland, of course, with um, Scott and FASD and the organisation um, that Scott represents, um, providing the sunflower in Ireland. We have um, we have an office across the Nordics. Um, we have an office in, in in Holland and Belgium, in the UAE, in the U, in the US and Canada. Um, in Australia, we are literally about to launch at the beginning of next month in Brazil, Chile, and and Germany. Um, so we are growing. So so the goal for me is to continue to the growth of the sunflower on a on a global perspective. Disability, as what I've learned, is there's 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 complete there's a different view on how disability is 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 seen and recognised mm. and supported in parts of the world. And that's really interesting to me to see that and how the sunflower, certainly in all like the Middle East, for example, how the sunflower really is being used by organisations and the government there to to kind of break down the barriers that people people face. So again, that's a real joy for me to to see that. But in answer to your question, question, uh, it's it's how we go about continuing to to grow the sunflower on a global perspective. So we touch as many people in regards to disabilities as we, as we can. Um, that get the same support that we hopefully offer to people um, where we, we currently do have a, um, a presence in Sunflower. I mean, I mean, we didn't really touch on some of that global stuff, which is fascinating, isn't it? But it just seemed like that it's... Um, it ju- I just, you know, it was looking at the whole picture, just seeing you, you know, someone coming to you with a good idea and then whatever, is it five, six years now, um, that you're actually... A force for social change into communities on the other side of the world, which seems a remarkable journey when you put it in those terms. Because you were just, in some senses, I get the impression you were just following the breadcrumbs. You just pick up the next one, and, you, and then all of a sudden, flip an egg. Look where I am. So you must wake up some days and go, "Crikey, how did I end up here? Surely you must do that." <laughs> I wake up quite early for for a call with um, Australia and New Zealand and the UAE. And then my day moves across to um, to to Europe, and it tends to finish quite late when I hit the US and and Latin America. So that's kind of how I how I kind of kind of phrase it. But no, absolutely. I mean, it's an, it's an incredible journey, and it's one that I've enjoyed every single minute of um, as um, personal from, from from my own personal perspective. As I've said, um, I never had the ability to to do something that was for, for the good of society, and I genuinely feel that that whilst um, that, that the sunflower is going to do is 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 for the good of good of society, and I hope that that how I how I promote and I represent the organisation does um, promote promotes that is is the reason we are that why we, we 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 do what we do, and that's really why we I do want this to grow grow globally. Al, is because um, because the the revenue, if you like, that we've made through the UK and other countries that we've been successful. Gives us the opportunity to push the company, the sunflower, into places like Latin America, for instance, and certainly within Latin America and then the UAE and across maybe now across across the Far East. I really think we can be the catalyst for change. That we can be that um, we can be that stepping stone to help to create a more fairer society for people with disabilities. Blimey, that's a note to end on, isn't it, Scott? Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Do you need any social workers? Just asking for a friend. <laughs> He's got enough trouble. He's got enough trouble with me on board. Yeah. Mind yeah. you, on board. Speak, speak to Scott, my agent. 
<laughs> yeah, I do, and that, that's a non that's a non starter. Actually, don't what? speak to Scott because he'll just say, "Why do I pull?" So, uh, not, yeah. Not... yeah, yeah, very oh, rude. Yeah, no. um, we're we're going to do a fake ending now, um, if that's okay with you. <laughs> and then, um, well, just because we if we say goodbye, you might just go off, and then yeah. we oh, God, yeah. which happens kind of... quite often because we always forget to say, I guess, yeah. when we say goodbye, don't disappear, and then. We forget to say it, and then people disappear. And we're like, "Oh God!" And then we've got to text them and say, "Was there anything you said?" Blah blah. So, yeah, yeah, that, yeah. When you drop the f bomb, do you want us to keep it in or not? That sort yeah. of thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm, actually, I might keep this in because it's quite interesting. Um. Yeah. So, but Scott, not Scott. Yeah, you can go. Um, Paul, thank you so much for your time. Um, I guess the last, yeah. I suppose, really, if people are looking to get a lanyard, um, other than through an organisation, can they apply directly to you to get a lanyard? Absolutely. The best place to look at is to go on our website, which is hdsunflower.com. Forward right. slash IRL, because then I get commission. Sorry, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll cut that out. Don't worry. Um, you nugget. Um... <laughs> no, but if you are in Ireland, it's hdsunflower.com forward slash IRL. So, you know. All right. I, think, uh, I, think, I think Annette's got that solved. I can't remember what it's called, but it's... Yeah, that's um, what it is. Yeah. Geographical something... Yeah. but people can find you and they can apply whether they you know because i know you can sometimes if you go somewhere they'll give you give you one for free but if you want to just get one for yourself so so if you if you would like to obtain a sunflower lanyard there's two ways to get it you can either if you visit our sites at hdsunflower.com there's a map on there that shows that all the locations that recognize the sunflower and that's where you'll be able to obtain a sunflower for free if you don't want to visit those those locations then you can go onto our site at hdsunflower.com and you can purchase a lanyard through one of our stores based on your location. Yeah, and it's a couple of quid, isn't it? I think, is it four or five quid or something for a lanyard if you're buying your own? I think it's a pound for a lanyard plus post and packing. Right, um, all right. Really. So it's, it's a few quid. Yeah, but yeah, so it's not, but it's not, it's not out of reach. It's not like it's 13 pounds a pop. It's, it's that's, that's cost, isn't it? Basically. Correct. Yeah. All right, cool. So, Paul, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I wish you well. And um, I look forward to meeting you in person again next time I'm, I bump into you in Ireland and uh, I'm busy decorating your Scots blooming offices. Anyway, <laughs> enough of that. I'm not bitter. I've got over it. Thank you so much for your time and uh, look after yourself. Thanks for inviting me, guys. It's been um, lovely to speak to you. Um, and um, yeah, I hope to see you again. Champion. You're welcome.